Welcome listeners to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, um, hosted by Richard Osler. On our podcast today in our home here in Salt Lake City are my friends Jeff and Catherine Wise. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Richard. Good to be here. Um, Jeff and Catherine Wise um, are parents of a, a gay son, and, and they have been on this road since 2013 when their 17-year-old son, Talmadge, came out to them. And then they started The Hearth, um, a support group for parents with LGBTQ kids um, in California. We'll link to that organization in the show notes. And I've been able to be at The Hearth, and that's sacred ground to, to talk about this subject and be in the spirit of the wise home. Uh, my hope for this podcast is that if you're a parent of an LGBTQ kid, that hearing from Jeff and Catherine Wise will help you and give you principles. They've been on this road, you know, to have a couple that's coming on the podcast 10 years after their 17-year-old son came out is a little unique because they've just been on this road so long. And I think their story will help you. They've also started the 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 hearth in 2015, and that's a, a roughly a monthly fireside in their home. And it might be helpful for you if you're an ally or a parent and say, I want to do something in my ward state community um, to support LGBTQ families. There may be some principles that they share will be helpful for you as, as you decide or consider or prayerfully think about what you might do in your area. And there may be things they share that just are helpful outside of those two subjects. Um, they're just a terrific couple and um, been great mentors to me as I stepped in this space after they were already doing the heart. They're active in the church. Um, Jeff was serving as a bishop when his son came out, so they've kind of got that perspective. Um, and so this may help. This it's probably if I keep talking, listeners, I'll just kind of say the same things again. So I better get the wisest talking. No, I think you've done a good job, Richard. If you want to just keep going, I agree. Well, I hope that we do. Um, I, I hope and I pray that we will be able today to share some um, some of our experiences and some principles that um, that will help others um, who have children coming out. Um, our experience, I think every experience is unique, but I want to give a little bit of, of um, background. As uh, Jeff and I sit here today, um, I'm 70 years old and he is... 75 years old. And so um, when Talmadge came out, we were 60 and 65. And uh, we are the parents of seven children. We have six boys and one girl and um, one favorite daughter, I should add. <laughs> and, um, and Talmadge is our youngest son. And our, our children, those seven kids, are spread out over 24 years. And so at the point that um, Talmadge came out to us, um, we had five married children and we had a son on a mission and, um, and then Talmadge was at home and he was a junior in high school at the time. And uh, we had, I, I think worried might be the best word, we had worried and prayed that Talmadge was not gay for some years um we um had been concerned that he that he might be gay and and um and we didn't um we didn't know how to proceed 
he had five older brothers and uh so we thought we knew what raising boys was like and uh we we thought we would uh you know with this sixth son we'd just go and do all the things that we had done with with the older ones and and Talmadge from the very beginning was different he was unique um we made him play baseball and he hated it and we tried <laughs> to convince him that this was an important life skill and he was not not persuaded uh but he loved musical theater and and so we made that transition from watching baseball to watching theater it was a great thing it's wonderful but, <laughs> um but when when he was in high school we had these questions about uh he would he had a lot of girls who were friends and they would snuggle on the couch but then he had this this boy that was a friend that would he would snuggle on the couch with and that we we kind of said that's none of our other sons did that that's odd they would they weren't snuggling they would sit very close okay. to each other snuggling if they were the right snuggling word. we would have guessed yes so <laughs> but but one night he the Talmadge came home late i remember it was super bowl sunday not because that was a big event for Talmadge but that was that's what had been going on that day and he came home late that night and and I I broached the subject with him without without any real forethought. I did not uh, I did not think this through and think, okay, so if I ask this question here at eleven thirty at night, what uh, what's this going to be like? And what question did you ask? Do you remember? Well, I uh, I, I said your your Facebook profile says you like girls. Is that accurate? <laughs> and he, I think he was caught a little off guard, but he looked at me and he said, no, I'm gay. And that, that rocked my world. That, that, uh, <laughs> there was a, a shift in the universe. I knew I knew that I loved Talmadge. Um, gay or straight, I loved Talmadge. And I knew that God loved Talmadge just the way it was. That was I had a great assurance of that. But I didn't really I didn't know much else. And uh he, when we were uh, uh, talking to him about this recently, I said, so what, how did I react? And he said, well, you told me that you loved me and then you offered to give me a blessing. So, but, but he, he asked in that conversation, would you want me to be alone my whole life? And um i at the time i didn't know how to answer that i i remember just just kind of being at a loss 
I, um, you know, we had, we had participated in prop eight in California, um, somewhat reluctantly, but we had, we had done that. Talmadge had been there, uh, while we were doing that, I was serving as a Bishop at the time, you know, so part of, uh, part of my reaction is colored by, you know, what does the church think about that? And, um, and so I just, I didn't really answer that um, at the time. And uh, we decided, no, that's not accurate. I decided, and Talmadge went along with it, that, that we, uh, we should wait and not tell Catherine at the time. Um, so the story I've heard about that um, is that they decided not to tell me because I was a crazy person at the time. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think those are your words. I don't think we I, said that. I think, I, I think I'm quoting, but it was, a, it was an overwhelming time for us. We were, um, our, our business is uh, building beautiful new homes and we had two projects going on and one was a home that we were going to move into and um it was behind schedule as um is often the case um our daughter was um going to be giving birth to a son with a severe heart defect and um so there was just there was lots going on and um and so i i i might have been a crazy person but regardless in hindsight i can see that that was a terrible decision that was a real mistake to not to not uh, share that right away um so so Talmadge and I agreed we wouldn't tell mom and and we he and I didn't talk much about this um afterwards we had the big discussion and he knew I loved him and now I was just uh consumed with lots of questions and and looking back most of those were questions about how this would affect me less than how it would affect him. I didn't see that at the time, but uh, I was worried about how, you know, how would the ward react? What am, what am I going to say to the ward? And, um, and I, and I was, I was worried about the, the question of how does, how, how does this fit? How does Talmadge now fit? in the plan of salvation. And uh, I remember, I, I remember saying to the stake president, stake president being the only person that I told at this time, said, you know, we teach that all the answers are in the Book of Mormon, but I don't see anything in the Book of Mormon that answers this question for me. Um, or a rather limited view of the Book of Mormon, but he was very supportive and loving but I said, uh, you know, could you introduce me to a, 
uh, you know, an active gay man in the ward that uh, in the stake that could be a a mentor to Talmadge. And there was there was nothing there. There was there was silence on the other side. But but he then told me. Um, he told me about a fireside that was happening in an, in an adjacent stake in Los Altos. And uh, there were uh, two moms of gay sons speaking there. And the first one, first one described uh, the wonderful experience where her bishop and her stake president were very supportive. Her son felt accepted and loved. And, uh, and I'm nodding, I'm thinking this is, this is great. And then the other mom from, uh, uh, a different part of California got up and said that, um, in her stake, in her situation, that when her son tried to pass the sacrament, people wouldn't take the sacrament. Wow. Mm. So painful. So awful. And, uh. Sorry, I get a little emotional about that. A counselor, counselor in her stake presidency said, well, if you'll just pray harder, this will go away. So, so during this time, Jeff is, I don't have a lot to add here because Jeff is going through this alone. I, um, I remember um, about two weeks before we moved. Well, I, I know it was two weeks before we moved because I said snidely to my husband, um, you know, we're moving in two weeks. Are you ever going to start helping with the packing? You know, so I felt, the, I felt the disconnect that was happening. And I felt that he was um, struggling with something that I wasn't, that I wasn't privy to. And it was hard. It was hard. And, and, and it was a mistake. (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. Got it. Um, But so, so he came out the first week in February, we move February 28th. Um, Our grandson uh, is born on March 2nd uh, and goes through multiple open heart surgeries. and and i'm still struggling with with this this question and 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 Talmadge, to his credit is is realizing okay this is not a time to push telling mom that in this in this time frame he's not he's not saying you should you should tell her no i think he did think i was a crazy person um you know so we're moving into our home and i'm trying to unpack and i've got um a 2 year old granddaughter i've got you know there i've got casey and ashton's uh daughter holland who's two at the time on my hip as i'm unpacking and directing um people where to put boxes and um it it was a very difficult time and uh, Casey and I would, um, um, of course, she she needed to spend time with with Holland as well and wanted to, and so I spent um, time in the hospital with Rowan, 
and um, and if we would be in the hospital together with Rowan, um, the last thing we wanted to talk about was um, how Rowan was doing and how scary it all was. And and for whatever reason, it it was in the air. Um, it was. Um, we talked about, do you think Talmadge is or is not gay? And we would just dissect little things like, well, he sits really close to Carson on the sofa, but he snuggles with, um, with Annie and others. And, um, and so it, it was just, it, it became more important to me to have an, to have an answer. Um, also during this time, um, I, um, before we moved, I, um, I, I didn't tell you I was doing this, but I, Talmadge was at Carson's house and we were aware that Talmadge was out as bisexual. Carson was out. I mean, Carson, yeah, Carson was out, not (laughs) Carson was out as bisexual. And so Talmadge's best friend is, is bisexual and I'm afraid it's going to rub off. And so I, I'm out in the, in our dark driveway one night waiting for Talmadge to come home so I can tell him, you know, I'm, I'm worried about how much time you're spending with Carson. You know, I don't, I don't want this to rub off. I mean, just ignorant, just totally, totally ignorant. And yeah, it's looking back, you know, I wish that we could have done these things differently, right? But we were trying to do the best we could with what we knew then, which wasn't much. And, and, uh, um, it, uh, you know, it was a tough time. And, and, uh, and then it, it, so we should, we should add right now so people don't worry about this. Rowan is a wonderful, healthy, vibrant 10 year old. Um, our grandson, the grandson. They replumbed his heart and he's doing great. Um, and, uh, but, but it was, it was a really tough time for that. And. So one night I, um, Talmadge again, came home late from being with Carson and, um, and he complained, he complained about there not being anything to eat. And it ticked me off. And I said, well, you know, if you were home more often, there'd be more food in the fridge, something to that effect. And, um, but I was, I was, um, snarky and angry. I was not in a good place. And, um, and I, I added to that, I added insult to injury. And I said, and, um, are you and Carson friends or more than friends? And, um, uh, he said, um, he said, oh, we're friends. And um, I said, "Good, keep it that way." And uh, and I um, I feel a great deal of sorrow for um, <laughs> to this day. Um, but in my in my um, uh, um, alluding my I um, say so that, <laughs> help me out here. So so the next day. When uh, Catherine and I and our daughter are sitting in the hallway in the hospital outside 
outside <laughs> Rowan's room. Where they're working on, they've got him opened up and they're working on his heart. They're having to undo one of his open heart surgeries. Oh, and so in this raw, painful moment, Catherine shares the good news that she has learned that Talmadge is not gay yeah, because he told her last night. Yeah, in this honest, heartfelt moment we had, right? <laughs> Where I just asked openly and honestly, you know, uh, no, I did not. And, and, that, <laughs> and, and I, that hit me so hard of, wow, I need to, I need to fix this. This is, to, I can't let this go on any longer. This is out of control. Totally. And, and this is my fault. And, and so, um, the next morning I, I said, I've got, I've got to tell you something and there hasn't been a good time to say it. And, and it turns and, out that at the point that he's saying this, I'm just getting out of the shower and, uh, I, I said to him, oh, you know, I'm I, I'm naked here and this is a good time. So, you know, <laughs> I was kind of hoping that we would skip over that. I know detail. you were, but that's me. <laughs> but but I realized I, I had to tell her and this it's difficult to convey how. Um, how challenging this time was, you know, that that this was this short window of opportunity to talk to her before she had to leave to go take care of the kids. And, and, uh, and so I, I, uh, I told her that Talmadge was gay, that he had come out to me three months earlier. And we cried. We cried. We cried. <laughs> we cried. And, uh, um, and I went into the, into our closet. <laughs> Talmadge was out of the closet, but I went into the closet to um, to get dressed, and I um, and I felt such incredible sorrow for things that I had, really terrible things that I had, homophobic, awful things that I had said to Talmadge, and um, and. And then as I, um, as I was standing there, um, I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've, I have so much to apologize for and so much sorrow. And then it was like a light, like a light was like, there was a light to, to go to. And I felt, um, incredible um, calm and peace come over me and the spirit washed over me um, like it never had in before and just from my head to my toes and from my toes back up to my head and just this powerful powerful spirit and love and it was the love that the Savior and our heavenly parents feel for Talmadge. And I knew that's what it was. And I, and I felt increased love for him. And then I questioned that. I thought, oh, 
have I not been a good mom? I feel more love for him right now. And the spirit answering that, now you're going to know, you're going to really know and love your son for who he is. Um, you know, a gay child of heavenly parents and, um, and your relationship is going to be, is going to be better. And, um, and I, I, I texted him, you know, um, at this, so, you know, three months have passed since he's told his dad and I, I text him to let him know I've got to run and, and get to our daughter's house and I'm going to be late. And, um, and I, uh, my sister-in-law has flown in. I have to pick her up. She's going to help me uh, that day. She's going to watch Holland so I can get my hair cut. And, um, and, and in the interim, we've found out that um, Jeff's been diagnosed with, uh, with kidney cancer. Oh. So that's on our, on our plates as well. But my experience, my experience is one of just love and um uh and just just a total just heavenly parents helping me immediately to know that the answer is love i don't have all the answers i don't have all the questions i don't have to have the questions at that point in time i just know that the important thing is that i love that we love talmage that's what's most important. And that, you know, that assurance um, that, that not only was he loved by heavenly parents, but that, that they understood this, that there's a place in the plan of salvation for Talmadge, that, that all of this is still part of the plan. We had to go through a period of mourning the loss of, of the future that we expected for our son. Um, the things that we had in mind and that he had in mind for this is what he would do. We, we mourned the loss of that and came slower to understand the, uh, the beauty of, of uh, the future that, that was in store for him as, as this gay son. That uh, Catherine mentioned that we have a favorite daughter. Mm. Uh, we also had a favorite son-in-law, but we had to let him know that there was now going to be competition for that <laughs> that role of favorite son-in-law. <laughs> but um, it it has been an, an incredible journey. It's it has been one of the greatest blessings. Of our lives. <laughs> to have a gay son. And I never could have imagined 10 years ago that I would feel so powerfully what a great blessing that was. It has helped me to love better. It has expanded my heart. It has helped me to, to come to understand the uh the 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 um, expansive uh nature of god's plan 
that there's so much more to it than uh, than I thought before. And uh, through this, we've just we've had wonderful, uh, just wonderful experiences that have that have confirmed that over and over. And I think one of the things that I want to um, make sure we we share is that our our experiences were different in part because um because Jeff talked Talmadge into not telling me for three months, but also because of who we are. And I think because we're man and woman and mother and father and and those differences. Um, as soon as I knew, um, Talmadge was in, um, Talmadge and, and his boyfriend, not just his best friend, Carson, were um, uh, in, a, in a play that, uh, that happened right after I found out. And so we didn't, they were in rehearsals and in performances, and uh, we weren't able to really talk um, uh, for a few days. But as soon as we were able, you know, as soon as there was time, I reached out to Talmadge and um, and asked if if he and Carson would meet with me and talk to me. And the first time that we did, we we went for frozen yogurt, and I and I so I had just texted Talmadge to see if this would work after school, and um, and I said there will be tears, and uh, um, and Talmadge and and. Talmadge and Carson stopped and bought Kleenex and brought them to our, to our get together. And, um, and Carson helped both of us. Um, we were sitting across the table from each other and, and I, I looked at Talmadge and I said, BYU question mark. And he said, no. And I said, mission question mark and he said no and it was like okay done done and then i had other questions and and carson answered most of them in his in his supportive he wanted to protect talmage i mean that was a blessing that um i could not have, have imagined but in his love and care for talmage he he answered most of my questions that first time we got together. And then a couple days later, I, I needed more. And um, I texted again and we got together at Chili's. And that day, um, they, so they met me at Chili's and, and they walked into Chili's holding hands. And I, I looked away. It was hard for me. It was really hard. And, um, and when we, when we finished, um, um, Carson kissed Talmadge on the cheek and, um, and that was, it was hard, but it was helpful. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful and, but difficult. <laughs> so it's, um, it's interesting to kind of relive those, those emotions and those feelings of that time 10 years ago. And, and now, uh, we, uh, two months ago, we were 
We were in New York City where, uh, where Talmadge lives and has lived since going away to college. And uh, we helped uh, decorate the apartment where Talmadge and his boyfriend, Matt, lived. We, we, uh, and he's happy and he's thriving and he's, you know, he's, he's living, living his best life. And it's, it's really gratifying to see that and to see the difference. When, when I look back on those years where uh, Talmadge, Talmadge knew for five or six years that he was gay, but didn't, didn't feel that he could tell us or for a number of years, anybody else. And that feeling of just being so alone in that, in that suffering, uh, that that makes my heart ache. And I wish that we had been more open and welcoming to it. We wish, we wish that we had been able to say things that would make him feel more comfortable with that. But uh, after we took him away to college, we, uh, we started. Oh, I want to, I want to stop you there. Mm. Sorry, sweetie. Um, I was on a roll. I, know. I was going. Right? <laughs> so our family, our all of our children have embraced Talmadge. And um, one of the things that happened after I knew Talmadge and Carson wanted to be out, they wanted to be fully out as boyfriend and boyfriend and boyfriend. And um, and so there was a lot of, of pressure right away to um, to. Uh, uh, come out on Facebook. And that, that went a little fast for both of us. Um, and so one of the things we needed to do was, or wanted to do, Jeff and I wanted to tell our close, close friends. And we also needed to tell our, our children. And I, I remember one Sunday night, I got on the phone and I was calling several of the boys. Um, Casey, I told in the hospital right away. <laughs> um, but you know, to calling the boys and letting them know. And, and, and there, they were all loving, supportive, understanding. Um, gee, mom, you were crying. I thought something bad had happened. You know, I thought dad was sick. I thought, you know, I thought, and, and it was like, I think some had also suspected that, uh, or thought or knew that Talmadge was gay. And so um, he's had the full support of our family. And in fact, our, um, our non-gay uh, children say that uh, Jeff and I are kind of all gay all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because once uh, after he went, went away to college, we thought back on that fireside that I had been to that had been so helpful. And we decided we, we could have a fireside like that in our home. And so we, uh, we uh, asked some people to speak. We decided that, that, uh, that I, would, I would tell our story. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we had, uh, we had wow. a gay man from San Francisco that had been involved involved in outreach, uh, from his ward there. And, um, and so we started inviting people to come to this fireside and, uh, we must've done a good job of marketing because there were more than a hundred people that squeezed into our house that night. 
The other thing that we did that night was um, had a presentation on the family acceptance project. Um, and I think that a lot of people wanted to wanted to know about that valuable resource. Some work that had been done at San Francisco State. But um, but we had we had just a wonderful spirit. It was it was such a great we had night. To, we had to and, take our dining room table outside um, in order to have space for enough chairs for people. It was it was phenomenal. And and then afterwards, we kind of said, well, if if anybody would like to work on on doing another fireside like this sometime in the future, you know, let's uh, get together and we'll talk about that. And so a group gathered and we talked about it and and several of them said, we we should do this every month. And that really caught us off guard. We had planned on a fireside uh, and now they were suggesting monthly firesides. And that was eight and a half years ago. We've had essentially monthly firesides for the last eight and a half years uh, called the hearth. And it, uh, it has been an opportunity for us to bring speakers in like Richard uh but but people who come and talk about their journey we had last last sunday night we had a a gay man talk about uh talk about beauty through paradox the paradox of of being gay and being a member of of the lds church and and that out of that he has found beauty and love and it was just, it was such a powerful uh, message of, of just how he's, he's found hope and light on this, on this journey. Um, and, and so over the years, we've had, we've had all these, these different speakers, and we've had uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in our home. And the, the, the real power of it is the the gathering that happens after the fireside, right? When the, when the speaker's done and we say a closing prayer and then people gather around whatever treats have been brought and they talk and sometimes they talk for hours. Um, but, but they, they experience that love and fellowship and connection and support that, uh, that sometimes they're not finding anywhere else. And so this, this experience has been such, such a huge uh, blessing that uh, we we had not we had not uh, planned that it just is has happened and taken off this uh, on this uh, again taken us on this journey where we've met uh, all of these wonderful people who have become dear friends uh, when when someone shares their journey. Uh, we're really on on sacred ground, and that's how we connect our hearts. When we when we can be in this space where we're where people can be vulnerable and they feel safe, and they they can share their journey, and others can ask questions, and and uh, and we can just share this spirit of of love. We called we called this the hearth. Uh, from a, a poem by Sarah Teasdale. 
part of which says, how can our minds and bodies be grateful enough that we have spent here in this generous room an evening of content? Each one of us has walked through storm and fled the wolves along the road, but here the hearth is wide and warm. And um, it, it's, um, we've actually, um, the last 10 years of doing hearth, we've, we've moved four times. So the hearth is wide and warm in wherever we are. And uh, there was a, a six month period. Um, we didn't expect it to be six months, but we, we were without a house <laughs> and, um, and stayed with dear friends of ours. And, um, and they, they loaned us their wide and warm hearth to host. And there's, there's always such light and love. Uh Yeah, it's been a, it's been a beautiful experience. And, um, we, we have, we have found that, that, that we don't have to have, we don't have to have some kind of, uh, uh, approval or organizational structure. This is just, this is just something that we do on our own. And, um, we have been blessed in our area, uh, to have wonderful support from our ward and stake leaders. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't require that, but it's, it's always nice to get, uh, to get the, uh, their, to have their support and their love and to have them periodically speak or, or pray or join us in hearth. That's been a great blessing. So it's, it is, it is interesting to try and encapsulate, try and try and bring these experiences down into, uh, into this, uh, podcast. But uh, Richard, you've been sitting over there and you've taken some notes. And so uh, what have we missed? One of the, uh, one of the blessings of what uh, being here listeners is watching Jeff and Catherine. They're, they're not sharing, they're sharing the same mic. They're holding hands. Catherine's arm is around Jeff right now. Um, This is a beautiful parenting love story. Um, you can just tell the body language and the love and and there's some tension at the beginning of this story that things you wish you'd done different. I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad you own that. I think it's part of your beautiful marriage and your beautiful relationship and and you model how to, you know, sort of get through those things. But that's one thing I wish our listeners could see if we did video podcasts so they just <laughs> see the body language and the love you have for each other. Um you know, a few things I wrote down is that were really in, interesting for me is that just your greatest fear was your son was gay, Catherine. It was. And yeah. you, you know, better keep it that way. Are you f- just friends? You better keep it that way. And and you were thinking this was a possibility, but it, it seemed to be your greatest fear. But then when you knew he was gay... It's and you went in the closet and had that deeply spiritual experience. That and your just love for Talmadge it just was a paradigm shift for you. 
it was a it was a complete it was it was a complete paradigm shift about his being gay or the possibility of his being gay which i had just feared for so long and had not been able to see um you know worried about an empty chair <laughs> um had not been able to see in our um in our typical mormon um family how that would work out but that that really that changed that completely changed my experience and how i approached it and so it's something that i've only come to realize in the last several months i think have i processed how different my experience of Talmadge coming out was from Jeff's experience. When Jeff and Talmadge, when Jeff told, you know, as they've told me this story, and and ha, as I think it was Talmadge who told me that dad said, you know, that he said to dad, would you want me to be alone all my life? I had always answered that question in my mind and my heart, I'd always answered that question with, of course not. Of course not. We would want you to have what we have. And yet that, that, you know, for 10 years, I've, I've thought that that's what my husband must have said, but he wasn't at that place yet. And that is not what he said. Um, a few, um, a few months, a few months post Talmadge, my knowing, um, our one of the counselors in our state presidency, Rusty Hancock, came to visit with us to see how we were doing. And Rusty had been the bishop of the Stanford YSA ward many years ago when Stuart Mattis took his own life um, on the steps of a church building in in Los Altos. And so while I I wasn't aware of that story prior to Talmadge coming out. I, I had learned of that and Rusty had been a close and personal friend of ours, is a close and personal friend of ours. And Rusty came over and said, how are you doing? And uh, we said, oh, you know, we're, we're good. We love Talmadge. We're good. And he said, that's, you know, that's great. That's, that's the most important part. And, but we sat down and talked for a little while. And Jeff, so Jeff is still serving as bishop at this point. And I said to Rusty, the one thing I could not handle is if someone in a leadership position at some point wanted to excommunicate my son. Now, um, this is, you know, this is uh, in, still in 2013. And, um, and my husband said, my husband at that time said, oh, that wouldn't happen. And Rusty smiled and said, oh, Jeff, oh, Jeff, <laughs> not every bishop is like you. And, um, and so we had a chance to talk about that. And so we did our first 
fireside in March of 2015. And we just uh, felt such hope, such love, such power in, in this gathering and in this space and our committee. And we just were doing such good work and um, making such progress. And then, of course, in November of 2015, there was a policy that um, I, I don't know what the church calls the policy. I know that I call it the exclusion policy. And, um, and that was a dark, dark time for us. Um, a very difficult time of, of, um, of feeling that the church had just pulled the rug out from under us and from under the LGBTQ community and what pain that caused. We, so on the one hand, uh, our stake president came to us and said, what you're, what you're doing in the hearth is more important than ever. You need to keep it up. You know, this is, this is important work. You need to do it. And he was, he, he also, he pushed back on the, on the policy, but, uh, but the result of that was that most of, of the uh, gay men that we had come to know and love uh, left the church short, you know, in a short period of time after that. They just couldn't stay. And, uh, and that was heartbreaking to, to you know, see the, the pain that it was causing for them. So the the makeup of our hearth firesides is um, is different than it was when we started. We don't have as many um, as many gay LGBTQ members of our of our hearth committee, or as many um, attending our hearth firesides, because so many have um, have I I believe had to leave that space for their own health and, um, and safety. So we, we have, we have chosen to stay in the church. Talk about that. Um, you were very aware of the complexities of, you know, of Talmadge's road and pairing a gay kid who now, you know, has a boyfriend and is living his best self. And, not really having a place in the church and talk about that for, cause there's probably people that are aware of those issues or walking your road, want to find a way to stay in the church, but just not sure they can. Yeah. I think, um, everybody's situation is, is different. And, and, uh, but we, we have chosen to look at the, the the broad magnificence of the gospel of Jesus Christ as as it's reflected in the church and the the blessings that come into our lives because of that and to to try and focus on that rather than focus on this this dark corner over here where there are just more questions than answers and 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 a lot of troubling things that if if we focus just on the dark 
we focus on the dark corner, then we lose the light. And so we've chosen to stay and to stay active and to be involved and to, and to work to, to create change, to work to create a greater spirit of love and inclusion uh, within the church um, and, and trying to, to, uh, to make that happen. And um, Elder Danes spoke in, in, uh, in general conference. He, he had been our stake president, but in general conference, he talked about the river of God's love. And the part of our job is to is to clear the rocks out of the out of that river so that it can flow to the end of the row, to the very far ends, the corners of the vineyard that where people feel like they're on the margins, where they're on uh, on the edge. And and so we try and we we try and clear rocks and let water flow. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a convert to the church in my teenage years. And so I, um, <clears throat> I know what it's like to be looking for truth. And I, um, and I found it in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as a 16-year-old, I thought that the, that the church had all of the answers, and I didn't know them, but I thought that when I was this age, surely by then I would have figured out, I would have found all the, you know, the church would have given me all the answers. Well, now I know that we don't have all the answers, and, um, but I believe um, the church is the scaffolding of the gospel and that the gospel includes all of God's children and the love that I felt for Talmadge in, in my closet, um, the love, the love that exists, the love that our heavenly parents and our savior, Jesus Christ have for each of us is is um, almost un, unspeakably large and that there is in my heart of hearts, I know there is a place um, prepared for my son Talmadge. And therefore there is a place prepared for all of God's children. One of the, one of the lessons that the, that the spirit taught over this over this period of trying to figure this out was that when Talmadge came out, this wasn't a surprise to God that that heavenly parents have always known Talmadge and that his this um this LGBTQ this this um, gay part of Talmadge is is part of who he is. It's part of his eternal nature. So it wasn't a surprise to them. And I, um, I take great comfort in that. That that uh, clearly it's not a choice, but <laughs> that that. That's that's who he is. He didn't he didn't choose that, but but it uh, but it's also who who he was created to be, and that's uh, that's 
again, going back to paradigm shift, that that changes how we how we look at this. So this is just sacred ground, listeners. It's such a privilege to have you in our home and there's a lot of people that are just so moved. You can tell how deeply spiritual, deeply thoughtful, deeply intentional, deeply you care. And your love in an audio version <laughs> comes through for our listeners. Well, thank you. Um, you've been on this road a long time and God has talked to you a lot. I love just everything you're saying. I love the dark corner. This is a dark corner, and I think it's okay to call it that. It's a painful spot of um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, our church right now. And I, I'm comfortable with you frame that up, that there's so much beauty and goodness, but this is a really dark corner. And there's a lot of pain here. And the gospel that I believe in wouldn't have pain. And it's a really, so I'm comfortable the way you frame that up and, and the way you then choose to stay because of the totality of the experience. And I sense from our conversations earlier, Talmadge is not demanding you leave the church to support him. I don't want to speak for Talmadge, and I don't know if you want to comment on that, but some parents have kids that want them to leave the church to support them. And I, I'm careful because this Talmadge isn't here to share his story, but I don't know if you want to talk about I, that. I, I, so, so Labor Day weekend when we were in New York, um, helping, helping Talmadge and, and uh, this wonderful man, Matt, that he's, uh, that he loves and lives with. Um, they knew we were uh, going to church on Sunday and, and Matt, Matt said, so which, which chapel will you go to? And I said, well, I, th I think we'll probably go to Lincoln Center. And he said, well, why don't you come to the building in Harlem that's closer to us? And then we could go. And so our, our son's Jewish boyfriend suggested that, that, uh, that we, we go to the Harlem First Ward, uh, which was a wonderful experience, just a, a beautifully diverse ward. And, uh, and Talmadge and Matt uh, came with us. And uh, Matt found that. He said, it's, it's, this is very different than synagogue. <laughs> and, uh, but, it, but he just wanted, he wanted to get to know this part of Talmadge, Talmadge's background. And so that was, just, that was just a beautiful experience. It was a fast and testimony meeting. And so, um, you know, which is, which is unique. And, um, and they, you know, he really, I think they both enjoyed it. And um, we didn't have any long, you know, theological discussions afterwards, but um, it was a good experience. But it, I, I, I draw the conclusion from that, 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 uh, uh, that Talmadge is, is okay with this. This is not, this is not a path that he chooses uh, to, uh, to stay involved with the church. Uh, he's chosen to to uh, uh, to step away, um, but he understands that it's an important part for us, and he's okay with that. Yeah, I mean, part of this podcast is try to reduce the tension between those that stay and those that leave, and yeah. uh, preserve the family relationship. And this is a great podcast for that. And yeah, and Matt, I think that's his 
That's really thoughtful. It tells me how much Matt cares about Talmadge. Yes. Yeah. yes. And about the relationship that he knows this is part of Tan, Talmadge's culture and he wants to learn about it. And what a better way to do that yeah. at a 10 church. I, I just think this is a beautiful family love story. I'm, I'm drawn back to your desire to go meet Talmadge and Carson, if I've got the name right, way back in high school. Mm-hmm. And have the courage to step in those conversations that may change your hopes about Talmadge's future. And you knew that could bring pain, but your willingness to do that. I think both of you did that. And I think that's good parenting. Mm, thank um, you. And they came in holding hands and that wasn't quite what was, you were ready for. <laughs> I was, I was, I had become accustomed to them sitting very close to each other on the sofa. And then of course, you know, putting the pieces together. Well, of course they spend much more time at Carson's house. At Carson's house, they could hold hands, you know, and, and sit together. And, um, so that that became just a really rich and wonderful relationship with Carson's family as well. We've just been really blessed. And you were, you know, you, you recognize it, Carson, I don't quite know the words you said, but you recognize Carson's role in these initial conversations to be helpful for Talmadge and sort of his emotional intelligence of the situation to, to I don't know if you use the word protect, but just. And I just thought, what a beautiful story within that story. Right. And that, and the goodness of people that want to preserve relationships. Right. And Carson had come, you know, had Carson had come, Talmadge had Car- and Carson had sung in our ward. Um, you know, Carson had come to our ward. And, and yet in that first meeting, he had really thought things through. And um, he, was, he was saying to me, you know, like, Talmadge could pick me up. Um, Carson wasn't old enough to drive yet. Talmadge could pick me up and we could go to the Unitarian Church where we'd both be welcomed. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, just, I just listened. I just listened. And it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, You've talked about this, but talk about chairs. So some parents, their fear is now I've lost my eternal family. And, um, I've got a kid that's going to be in a different kingdom and we're going to not be together and empty chairs. So that is a real fear for parents. I think it's, I think it's a bad metaphor for us. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think we got to throw away the chairs. Um, I think just, I, um, so what, what we know is that heavenly parents love love us and love Talmadge and want the very best for us. I think that I, I, I think we try and uh, we, we, we try and, and extrapolate from our very limited mortal experience and, and say, well, if we, you know, yes, we're all together around the dining room table for Christmas dinner. And so it must be like that in the eternities. And I think we, we miss out on the tremendous uh, nuances and complexities of what the eternities must be like. That uh, that it's just there's just much more there, and and so uh, so I feel I feel confident 
feel confident in, in our eternal ceiling, the connection we have with Talmadge, and that that, you know, that bond uh, is there uh, and, and will continue in the, in the eternities. As we all eternally progress. As we all, as we all progress. We yes, might, eternally progress. We're likely to be the ones who are in a lesser kingdom, <laughs> is what I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> that, yes, maybe the challenge is really for us poor, benighted, straight people to try and <laughs> uh, we have so much growth that is necessary. You brought up some names um, that I've heard in the past. Stuart Mattis, um, the young man who died by suicide. and his parents that have have done support groups in the past. I've never connected personally. You brought up the name of Rusty Hancock. Is that correct? Yeah. And I've heard his name as just a tremendous human being, a great ally. And I love the way you bring up names of people that have been in this space longer than I have, certainly in their role and their trailblazers, yeah. Carolyn Pearson's in your area. Yeah. Right. And so you, I, I, I love honoring the people that have even been, 10 years is a long time for you, but there's been people that have been much longer. Um, and I'm grateful that their names come up and we, we honor their work and especially, and of course the LGBTQ people like Stuart that were alive in a much more difficult time. Right. Absolutely. And, and looking back as, as, as I was preparing for this, I think 10 years ago was a much more difficult time than, than today. And I and I I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that there will be greater light and knowledge in that dark corner. That ten years from now things will look better. Uh, that will that will receive um, just a greater understanding. I know that I I felt. Um, Catherine mentioned our 24 year span uh, among our children, and so I'm. I'm really thankful that it wasn't our oldest son mm. who was uh, 24 years older, that, that, that he didn't, that he wasn't the gay son that had to come out, you know, that much earlier. Interesting. Right. And, and I would hope that our grandchildren will have a better experience. We have 20 grandchildren. The statistics would suggest that out of those 20, we have some that are in the LGBTQ community. Um, and uh, I would hope that they would have a better experience, just that we're, make, that we're making progress in that way. And I love that you talk about your grandchildren, and I love the way you talk about, this is where I've come in this space, is it's not a bad outcome to have an LGBTQ child. The assumption is, you use the word that's going to rub off on you for hanging around this bisexual kid. And our goal as Latter-day Saint parents is to have straight kids. And then you talk about Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother and that Talmud was created with intention and every part about him is a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, listeners, that doesn't change church doctrine or church policy. It just puts everybody on the same moral footing that how they're created is as intended and they shouldn't feel shame. Yes. But I love that your journey, that's been part of my journey as an ally to come to the kind of that conclusion. And, um, but then as you're 
this is the legacy for your family and your work is as other people like grandkids. You talked about the potential for grandkids being LGBTQ just mathematically, but you did that with no shame or no like, that's another bad outcome that could happen in our family. It was just neutral. So we had, there was a time when, when um, a, a couple parents came to hearth one night and shared with me that their son had come out three weeks before that. And Catherine walked up and I introduced them and I said, their son came out three weeks ago. And I said, um, a little too um, uh, excitedly, I guess, <laughs> I said, I didn't think back to what it was like being three weeks in. I was feeling what I was feeling right then. And I said, oh, you are so blessed. And it, that was heartfelt, but it was inappropriately timed for their journey. We, I don't think we saw them again. <laughs> they, uh, they said, um, I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> and it was obvious they weren't. But, but that's, that's how I feel, that it's been a great blessing in our lives. And, um, and that I know so many other people for whom this has been a great blessing. There are others, unfortunately, who choose to see it differently and, and who turn it into, into a curse rather than a blessing. But it's because they're making a choice to, to see it differently. Yeah, and then I think, what could we do? So you talked about Talmadge being closeted for five years and wish you could have done things. So I think that's one of the things, listeners, that we can all consider. What can we do in our influence? in our circle of influence to create a, a safe place so that people can open up to us. Yeah. And um, not that Talmadge would have opened up earlier, but he might have. I think, I think Talmadge, um, Talmadge has said he was pretty sure that we, would, that we would be okay with it. But he was sure that the ward would not be and that they would they would bring out the pitchforks and chase him away. And, and so I wish that we had done more to be more welcoming, but I also wish that within the ward, we had also indicated that that would be a safe place. You know, how can we, how can we do that so that that 12 year old deacon sitting on the front row struggling with these feelings can know that they're in his ward. It'll be safe. And I think of the life of Christ and how he modeled that. I just have to think if we lived in his day, we would have felt safe around yes. Christ. <laughs> and everybody he was with, the end of the vineyard and Elder Danes's talk that you just took us to. Right. The most marginalized Christ is the best example in my lifetime of that. So that's where he was. Yes. I talked to a new bishop the other day and he just, you know, sometimes new bishops like I did ask, and maybe you have the same experience. They asked for advice. And I said, you know, one thing you might consider doing is, is not waiting for a ward conference talk to kind of give your first talk in the ward. And you could just say, just so you know, 
this is how I will handle uh, if you open up in a faith crisis and you're not sure if you're going to stay or leave the church, don't wait and tell me when you're decided to leave the church. Let's have that conversation now. And this is how I respond. Yeah. Um, I love that. If you're working through sin um, and you have the courage to open up to me, this is how I respond. If you're LGBTQ, um, this is how I will respond. And so you can, and parents could do that. A young men's leader yeah. could do that. It's a little trickier with kids because you want um, a bishop can probably do that, but um, parents can certainly create that culture in their home. I don't think it's going to rub off. Like I'm teasing right. you a little it bit. It is not going Turns to. Turns out off. it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not it's communicated so I, that way. I think no. about you know Talmadge that had concluded that rightly so that you would love him, but the the, the war would bring out pitchforks and drive him away and. And so I think that that's a question for what can we do in the ward to take that fear out of people's uh, hearts and and just say, I can be my authentic self and be loved here. And so that takes work on our culture, but it's worth considering. And it's the purpose of these support groups. A lot of you listeners are doing support groups. You could be doing them, you know, I love the way you're just doing yours. You're saying, we just decided to do this. The church is aware at times the church speak comes and speaks, but we're not we're not like church um, endorsed where they're saying this is an official church thing. This is something that we're supportive of the church, and so it doesn't create a a, a situation where you kind of have to continue to ask for church approval to do right. this. Right. Right. And I think that's the best space, listeners, and often that works best in your home. It's a little harder in the church. I think you've had some in the church. We've had some when when uh, uh, when we have a bigger crowd. Yeah, uh, we've had some uh, with with church approval. Uh, I I just want to add about our, our ward. Our ward was very loving and supportive. <laughs> Good. There were no pitchforks. None. <laughs> uh, there, it was just a loving, warm response. And Talmadge loves drama. I think he was a little disappointed that no one had a pitchfork. Wait a <laughs> but people, um, uh, we actually decided on a Sunday that we would make an announcement in the ward because Jeff was bishop, and so he and Talmadge. Uh, talked about it in um, priesthood opening exercises, and I mentioned it in Relief Society. And, um, you know, tears streaming down my face. And, you know, it was it was pretty early on. And I and I said, as I I concluded in Relief Society, I said, I I love my son. I love my son, you know, more than I more than I knew I could. And um, I said, some of you, you know, may have questions or you may have, you know, concerns. And uh, I, I, I totally copped out. I said, if you do, contact the bishop. He'll, <laughs> he'll talk to you about him. <laughs> and, uh, because I was still in that overwhelmed place. But, um, you know, we, we love, um, we love um, talking with people and helping people in this space and in this blessed space. And uh, we, um, we love um, doing our hearth firesides and would be happy to help um, others who um, think they might want to do something similar. We would be happy to mentor, to um, um, come and um, uh, just walk you through the steps. It's, it's not hard. It's super easy, but we would, um, we would love to, um, to widen 
this warm and beautiful hearth even further. So we'll put the hearth in the show notes, and I assume people can get to you from the hearth website. Yeah, we'll get we'll give it. Yeah. And we also we you know of course the the pandemic happened, and we um, we zoom our hearth firesides every month, and so you know we. We love that we have that ability and that opportunity in this day and age. We just, um, we just believe also in the power of the, uh, the importance of gathering, um, and you know have been uh, blessed to um, participate in a recent conference entitled "Gather," that um, was done by the Lift and Love Foundation here in um, in Utah, and um, we love being. We just love being a part of that as well. Lift and love was terrific, and it was good to see you there. That's what led to this podcast. Is I saw you at a couple things that week. I think I saw you restore yeah. and. Um, but there is a lift. There is a hearth in Salt Lake. So if you're in a new group without a name, you you could consider using the hearth name. You're not trying to say that's just a California group. So no, no, we would be and happy the, to. And the poem you, use... you read around that. So sometimes you know you. It may help you if you're deciding to do something in, in your local area. And I love this, that you thought this was a one-time thing and 115 people came. And I just, as I'm seeing these groups spring up, I just, it's back to this principle I try to share is just think prayerfully what you can do in your circle of influence. So lots of times you want to go, I can just get to a senior leader. I can move the needle on this thing. And my experience is that it just, it, we're not structured to work that way as a church. And that's not being critical. It's just being practical <laughs> or pragmatic. So what we can do is put our effort into what can we do in our circle of influence to be, to just help. And what you've done with the hearth is terrific. And what lifted love is terrific. And some of you are doing things like that in your, and just feel like that's what, you know, be prayerful. And I think God will help you know what you need to do. And there's wonderful groups that I've seen. Richard, did you ever think you would be at 600 plus podcasts? <laughs> Listen, learn, and love. So it's an amazing, it's an amazing um, opportunity. Um, I have two words. I have one name circled like four times here, and it's your son's name. Talmadge. And I don't know, Talmadge, if you listen to these type of podcasts, um, but you know, you are a terrific man. And your parents talking about you the way they talked about you. I hope to meet you one day and um, just admire you, you know, opening up to your parents, being alive, navigating this, being grace for your parents as they were figuring this out, working through the pain you might have felt at times. You're a terrific human being, everything I know about you. And you've got this wonderful life and this partner in New York and um, the world's a better place that you're in it. And, um, Amen. You, you're, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. and I just, the lives that you have blessed by being open with who you are and your parents' ability to be in this space. And you have this gigantic family that understands this space. And there will be just like your parents said, other LGBTQ members connected to this family. And so Steve Young calls you guys warriors and he wrote, warriors his favorite term yeah. um, to describe you. And Steve's part of your group. The other name I wrote down here is Gene Kratz. I use this a little bit. Um, he's the commander of Apollo 13. And when that um, 
spaceship starts to go sideways and everything looks really bad. And that's maybe the way you felt when Talmadge came out or when you were thinking he was gay. He stood up and said, in this moment, he said, excuse me, this is going to be our finest hour. Yeah. And in some ways, I think this whole experience with Talmadge has been your finest hour. I love that. And the fruits of the work you did as a family to understand this space, to personal revelation, to grow together. And some of that may have created the most tension you've ever felt in your marriage between each other. I don't want to suggest that, but that could be part of your story. I just think that whole work that you've done has brought your family into a place that may not be possible without this experience. Right. And and the role modeling that's given your kids and your grandkids of just parenting and honest communication and having difficult conversations. And I would think the whole culture of your family has changed in a positive way because of this Apollo 13. I want to say, Talmud, you're Apollo 13 and you're a negative experience, but it's a hard experience, but I think it's been your family's finest hour. Finest hour. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share in closing? Uh, Just appreciation for being able to be here. And, um, we had talked um, years ago about possibly coming on the podcast, and I, I, um, I, I'm just so grateful to be in this space right now. The the love and the spirit. Thank you so much for what you do. This this has been great, Richard. Thanks for having us in your home and and uh, for all the work that you're doing for your warriorness uh, in in. Uh, doing listen, learn, and love. So thanks. Thank you, Jeff and Catherine. In the show notes, we'll link to the hearth, as we mentioned. We'll also link to Elder Dane's talk. Um, What a great talk. If you're an ally and kind of want to use a really good talk to talk about just ministering to those on the margins, that's a terrific talk. It's obviously our doctrine, um, but Elder Dane's does a great job of framing that in a way that's very relatable and, and part of you know, my vision of the gospel of Jesus Christ also. So thanks for listening listeners. And we'll sign off for another episode of listen, learn and love. <laughs>